Hey, New Orleans Pelicans fans. Thanks for coming back to the Protecting Us podcast. This is your boy, Dawson, from Forbes Sports. Today, we have one of the most respected voices in New Orleans, uh, whether it be sports or politics. David Grubb, thanks for coming on this Saturday evening. Man, I appreciate you having me. I, I love talking to you, and um, every time we do this, is fun. Yeah, man. Uh, to start off right, I, I, I may have come off when I said we needed to talk to your Twitter on your last podcast. I, I'll let you plug that in a minute. <laughs> but it was more just, you know... I, th- I think in these times, people always want to stand shoulder to shoulder with people, and sometimes it's need, especially it, it be me being you and you being you, you need to step back and then just hug, understand, and just listen. There's not, a, there's still to me not enough people willing to listen to stories. They want to try and plug themselves into it and be a virtuous ally and signal that they're doing all this great stuff. When really, we nobody's asking people like me to do anything but listen. And show support. I try to do that on Eric Ash's program, uh, and I'm bringing you on today to, to to help maybe understand more. Maybe there was people that listened to your last podcast, like myself, but they did they don't have the same relationship, so they can't come and ask the same questions. That's that's kind of what I was going to do today, and then we could get into laughing about Anthony Davis not playing center and the the New Orleans Pelicans looking for a head coach. But again, is, after you did that, is that that podcast? Was there anything more? you felt you wanted to say, especially after getting some of the feedback? I mean, you always feel like you can say more um, because you think you can do it better. Uh, I, I, I just want it to be honest feedback, and when people ask the question, I'm happy to answer it as long as it's a genuine question. Like you said, if it comes from the spirit of listening, if it comes from the spirit of understanding, um, that's one thing. If it comes from a place of like, justification or attempting to rebuke or rebut, that's a whole different vibe. I'm not going to argue these things with people. Um, I will discuss them. Uh, so for the most part, if it, yeah, I, I could, I felt like I wanted to give out more information. Like there's so many books that I want people to read their articles. I want them to read their things so that they can inform themselves and understand that we're not making this up. And that I'm, cause I'm not asking people to change their hearts. I'm just hoping that people just get it, that it's an actual problem. Because we don't review other things to have to change people's hearts. Like if it's, if we have another problem, you don't say, I need to change your heart about the fact that we have, you know, our roads are messed up. We need money to fix the roads. Like this is that. It is a fundamental issue. It's not a political issue. It's not those things. It's something that has to be addressed. And we've given you the information and the data because clearly the story does not move you. If it did, we wouldn't have gone this long with it so at least we're trying to inform and say look you know please just any person that you would have in these circumstances if they were not our color you'd say this stuff is wrong and that's the thing you're just trying to get people to understand that just peel that away peel away that visage that you've been put under for your whole life um just that you don't even know exists and then just look at it and just see for a second that if you were in my situation, if you had experienced what I'd experienced, if you have seen what I've seen, if you've talked to the people, you know, and lived as a person of color, particularly a black person in this country, the experience is different and not different in a variable way. It's different in a predetermined way. And that isn't right. I, I don't find it right that people want to be ignorant by just just sheer 
lack of motivation, I guess, lack of ambition, lack of empathy, I might go towards. Uh, you talked about the information data, trying to get people educated by reading articles. Some people just don't want to do it, I, and I, it's 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 mean. You want to tell them, people, fine, we don't need you, but we need everyone to work towards this solution. One of the one of my may, most favorite sayings of a podcast is, "Thank you for wanting to be smarter today than you were yesterday," and it, it deals with philosophy. And there's a lot of just people. People need to examine their philosophy on how they've treated others and how we're going to get through life. Because really, I know there's 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 friends of mine whose parents and grandparents have dealt with this shit for 70 years. And I don't mean to say that as harshly as I have, but I don't want to deal with this till I'm 70. And I'm not really having to deal with it because let's face it, I'm one of the white men of you know, of decent amount of you know upper middle class, maybe just regular middle class. It doesn't matter. I still got a leg up. But I don't want to deal with seeing all this. But at some point, I think you want to inform people, you want to educate them. But there has to be some action. At some point, at some point, there's got to be some action behind it. And I think uh, Robert Woods, I'm not big in football at all. I just got into fantasy this time for the first time in like 15 years. But I believe it was Robert Woods, receiver for the Rams on Hard Knocks. And then he tweeted about it. That it's, it's time for the professional athletes and the sports media community, just the sports community in general, to, to stop talking and roll up on the DA's office, roll up at the police commissioner's office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hear that term so much in different movies and people think it's bad. It, it, just roll up on the right spot. Let's roll up on them, mob up on them right there in their office, and they can't deny you. Don't burn down a community without starting a conversation. Have the conversation but actually make it where they can't deny the conversation anymore. You have to roll up on them where they're at, and as much as they say kneeling might make them uncomfortable, that's that's mostly, I think we both can agree, that's a lot of people being uh, fake Twitter bravado. If you confronted them to their face, they'd back down and tell you how much, hey man, David Grubb, I appreciate your show, but then you know what they tweeted and that what they're talking about only in, in a separate life. We need to make it uncomfortable for them in the light of day, and that's when... I think, myself, we can make some progress. Progress has never been made in the comfort zone. Let's bring those people out where they're not comfortable. Instead of asking for the owners to do it, it's time we hold them accountable, too. But all of them have to be accountable. Everybody. It's not just the owners, no. But they are part of the issue. They certainly are. Their system is no different than any of these others. It works the same way. It's what, punitive in the same way. Which uh, what, Wasn't there a player that called... For the, the the Milwaukee owner to to call up the governor and all this, and to me that was abdicating responsibility to the richer owner. As a player, you've got the same amount of money to no, hold, hold no, pressure. No, no, no. I tell you where you're wrong on that. Black people raising their voices has never gotten action in this country. Not until the white people decide to do stuff that things change because we're not in power. We have to have white allies who are more powerful because we are not powerful enough. We're 13 percent of the population. But this shit happens in 100% of the country. So it's, yeah, it's absolutely on the owner because he benefited from this system too. He's part of it. Where is he putting his money? What candidates is he putting his money behind? Who shapes the policy in this country? It ain't the people. It's the wealthy, right? We know this, the lobbyists. Yeah, the, the money buys the laws. So that's what we need to change is the law. And only the wealthy can make that happen because they have the influence. Unless... Because the other stuff is not going... I'm not waiting for that shit. I'm just being honest. 
I'm not waiting for this shit. I'm not negotiating my freedom anymore. I'm not waiting for my daughter to be 30 and we're still talking about this shit. You know what I mean? It's urgent. It's urgent. So to me, yeah, that's, they, they have to be accountable. They say they're on the side. I don't want your 300 million for my programs. I want your 300 million to go to lobbying efforts. I want your 300 million to go to changing laws. I want your 300 million not to go to educating police officers about stuff because that doesn't change it. We've been doing these programs to educate about these things and officers don't change and it has nothing to do with educating them. They know that shit is wrong, but they know they can get away with it because they always have. And that's the thing. It's not on black people to fix this shit. It's on white people to fix it because we didn't build it. And that's what we're trying to tell you because we didn't do this. We didn't start this. We didn't make this. We're asking for you to stop it. And we're tired of asking. It's 400 fucking years of asking. I'm, I'm sorry, man. It just, this shit makes me so angry because we shouldn't have to be at this point. And I, on every day that it exists, you know, like this summer, this year, how many times I've cried? How many times I've just been so angry I wanted to break shit? How many times that I've just wanted to just leave all of it and not know where I am because this is so hard to have to get up every day and be like three different people so I can compensate and not emotionally break at the thought of how heavy it is to be continuously living under this, this gilded cage and having people deny that it exists and be having the Republican National Convention and have, watching the Vice President of the United States say Americans stand with the, their, the, what was it, African Americans, their neighbors, in the, in, uh, their African American neighbors. What the hell does that mean? We stand with our African American neighbors? So you're saying you're leaving us out of the term Americans. You say we stand with them. So who's Americans? Who are you defining as Americans? And that's what it is. We're always the other. We're always going to have the hyphen. We're, it, it, until America acknowledges that. We're not going to change that of this. We're not. And that's the frustrating part. Is that ultimately, if you ask me today, and I think you asked me last time if I felt hopeful, today I don't. Like right now, no. I feel worse at this point. I did three months ago. It, it, it's sad to hear. I, I mean, I hope anybody listening to this is at least honest enough with themselves to say that they can hear the emotion in your voice and that it, it, it is something you deal with daily. It, we know that. It, just by being in this country, I think at this point you can't deny that someone someone's seen something somewhere along the way in coronavirus to help bring them some awareness, whether they wanted to be aware or not. And that think uh you know is, is why i try and bring people on to let them uh expand on their conversation and again going back to that urgency and wanting to break things there's got to be a way to direct that emotion into again going back to what wood said rolling up on these people when it matters they they try and keep look at what the tea party did and there's other white mainly white groups that have went and taken over state houses and city halls if the response is different for a predominantly black group, then you have a situation where, sadly, it's it's not one person being attacked, it's in a group. And I think that would spark real change, and it would be a very tragic event. But that's sometimes what it takes. Hopefully, so more of us ho have to die? To no, no, die. I'm, 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 
I'm not. You know, I'm not agreeing with that. I'm saying that it's gonna take. It, it might take that for some people, and it's very sad. But before it gets there, we need to redirect our anger energy on both sides to actually just going to where it matters. I don't think wearing a t-shirt, like when I went on Eric Asher's show, wearing a t-shirt, somebody might have seen that for the first time, but it didn't it, it didn't really do nothing for them. We have to go to City Hall. We have to go to the clerk's office. We have to go to the DA's office and demand action on some of these cases where, one, we know innocent men are being kept, and women, are being kept incarcerated. We, we know things like that are happening. It can't be just the mom and dad groups. We, we really shouldn't be in the bubble playing. All those players should be able to direct their energy to activist efforts that would actually make a change. I think there's so much now on social media. Everybody wants to post social media and blackouts on social media. What does that really do? And this is me asking from a question of complete ignorance from both social, social media and, and the, the black experience in America. When you see that, do you really feel like more people has your back or do you feel like it's another marketing tool being used and there's you're not seeing any change behind it? That's what that's what I'm experiencing. I don't see the change I would like to see behind some of these movements. Oh, I'm already watching it go back to what it usually does. I mean, that's, I, I posted on Twitter about that today. I said, here it goes. You already see it muted. It's done. It's, it's already over. When the NFL says we're going to put stuff in the end zone, they've already, they've already killed the momentum it's already done the sports yep. leagues are done they destroyed it and they knew what they were doing that's why i said it months ago i said the pressure to bring sports back has nothing to do with sports it has everything to do with assuring people that they can go on with their lives and it kind of to me it kind of cripples the culture of what the movement's supposed to be i don't know if that's saying it right but it kind of takes a little bit of the soul out of What's really, it's co-opted it. It co-opted it. And that was the point. You co-opted to destroy it, to water it down. And that was on purpose. That wasn't an accident because this is what happens all the time. We did this four years ago. We did this four years ago. And it happened the exact same way. We got a Nike ad out of it and people were, you know, angry for a while. And then y'all went back to not. And I'm not saying you. I'm saying y'all as America, you stop listening again. You know, I, know, more, I, I, know, I know you don't mean me, so don't don't even worry years, about correcting that. people kept dying, and here we are again, and we're doing it again, and it's going to be silent. And watch, as soon as the election passes, it's going to all be quiet again, and it'll just be us getting our asses whooped in the streets again as usual. And they'll, it'll, it'll, it's, it's, yeah, I, this is, it's, it's not an accident, man. It's not an accident. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy either. It's just not an accident. I know what you mean. Yeah, I won't take any. Of, I don't take anything personal because I know between me and you going into these conversations, I think we're trying to find a greater truth. And I think that helps anybody who listens to it and then carries the conversation on. But to that point, like you say, the action's in the voting and it's not going to change. I do hear a lot of people thinking, oh, if we vote Trump out of office, a lot of things are going to get better. I don't think that's going to be the case. I really don't. Democrats have been all presidents before. I mean, we've had a black Democratic president and still had racism in this country the the, the president's not going to change anything same no. way we go to the shirts and you got a nike ad out of it the shirt that i wore on the show was a nike shirt i probably got it on clearance or through a promo for press or something like that do you think any of the money from them shirts really went to changing the lives of of say a high school athlete or just a regular student trying to get a scholarship to further their education or something like that i don't 
But that's not what I want out of these companies. I don't want scholarships. I don't want social programs. That's not what we want because that's all those are are attacking the symptoms. Yes. What I need is an attack of the system. The system is bigger than that's that's why you put systems in place, right? So that they operate no matter who's working them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change. It's a machine. That's what a system is. Your cardiovascular system, your the economic system. These things exist and they move whether you are alive or dead. And that's the whole point of it. If you don't attack when they keep omitting the word systemic from racism, you obliterate the whole thing that we're trying to do. Because when you just use the word racism, you're talking about feelings. And I don't give a damn about your feelings. I demand my rights as a citizen. You can hate me, but the law can't hurt me. That's what I don't, I don't have a problem with what you feel in your house. But I have a problem with the law and the way it is applied. That's the problem. The way the structures of this country work, the protections for for people who don't aren't supposed to have them, but they're put in place. When you have qualified immunity for officers, that's for a reason. That they can, that's why 99% of cases don't get um, a conviction. It's why even before that, 99% of cases that are investigated don't go to trial. The system is working as it should, and you have to understand that. If you don't under, if people, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying you personally. If you if you don't get that the system is working as it should, it's not broken. It is operating as it should, as it was designed to operate. And so, if you have to look at it that way and understand that a system designed to do bad things is going to do them, so you have to change the way the system operates. If you just keep trying to make that same system work better, you're not, all you're doing is make it's, it's not it, you're not doing anything. Just, it's it's going to just keep on. You have to change its whole function, its whole outcome. What you want it to, what it, it's supposed to do. Because right now, what it's supposed to do is ensure that one group of people, and it's already done it once. It eradicated essentially one group of people already on this on this soil, and it's the other group is that it's by law is created a permanent underclass, a permanent caste system, and it has to be broken. Yeah, I, obviously I hope it's broken. I don't know what it's going to take to get there. Again, I hope it's not more tragedy because, I mean, let's face it, before Blake got killed, or not killed, shot, there was something in Lafayette the day before, and the day after we release this, who knows, there might be something else. And it's sad that you can almost set your watch to it that every other day there's going to be some instance that probably won't even make national news, same as that fella in Lafayette. I, I, I mean, it, his name slips me because I've only seen it once. But there's got to come a time, hopefully, that it's broken, and I just don't know what it looks like, and I don't know how we get there. And I think that's where a lot of people are apprehensive is they think if they, even if they want to do it in the best intentions, they might make the wrong move and be seen at, or get caught out as a racist when they really just didn't understand the way they were approaching the situation. I mean, we... We both know everybody's called somebody a racist in, in, in the South just because we've all grown up around it. And that's our hurt. We've heard people call that. Even if we just don't even know what's going on in that situation. We, we don't know. And if you, if you think you're going to get in trouble for trying to do good, you wind up doing nothing. And I think it was uh, Martin, Martin Luther King I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, 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 no. If, if, if that deters you from doing the right thing, if you know you're going to try to do the right thing, but you're worried about the consequences of doing the right thing, then you don't really want to do the right thing. I don't want to hear that shit. Because 
We've been doing that. We have done that. We've paid that price. And that's why I say uh, you, the, the, the folks who don't get that you, yes, you have to give up something in order for other people to get. That's the only, it has to work. And it's not economic. People going to talk about it. Well, this should, no. What we're saying is your position is not going to be the same. And you have to, it, it is not something that you can choose or not choose. If you don't want to do the right thing in this situation, I'm sorry. I'm not here to convince you that this is the right thing. That is your issue you need to get over. Either you're on the side of right or you're on the side of wrong. And if you if it's important that you listen, then your you don't, your your first thing to do as a listener is to listen and let us set the agenda because we're the ones impacted by it. We wouldn't as men we wouldn't go tell women and we do what we do in this country. You should men shouldn't be telling women what their agenda is for so for progress because we do have a. a a gender problem in this country and how we handle people. I'm not going to tell trans or, or gay individuals what their agenda to get better rights should be because I'm not them. In America, no matter what it comes to on race, white America sets the agenda. And that can't be. It can't be. You have to have black Americans setting the agenda for the equality of black people. Like You have to be in a support role in this and that can't be a hit to your ego. You know what I'm saying like in every other part of society, where would the other part of it, the people who are not affected, be the ones who are leading the change? Right. I think some of that comes from just, I think it, the last few years we've seen a, an expansion of the Black Journalist Network. Uh, NABJ, I believe it is. Athlon Association of Black Journalists. been around a long time. Right. I'm just saying you see more people being proud to actually join those organizations. You see more, more I guess, for lack of a better term, black publications being proud to actually be black publications. They're not trying to get co-opted by a Fox News or get bought out for a bigger publication. They actually want to remain independent now. Or even go back to all the rap artists back in the day. They would rather sign on with a big, big label. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, no, I think we're getting off topic. I don't want to do this. That's, that's not part of this. It has nothing to do with this. This is not about our pride. It's not about that. That's off topic. No, I just mean those are, I, those are, those are, those are, I don't. I'm just saying it's off topic, and the people who are listening, you cannot take them off topic. If you want to, you want to have this conversation with people, you can't take them off topic, and that's off topic. I guess what I'm trying to get to is uh, re- retaining ownership of your own voice. It, it, in that same sense, is the way you know the leagues co-opted the players' voices. You don't want other media outlets co-opting your voice. You want to be able to tell your own story and be proud of being able to tell your own story. But we're, we've always been proud to tell our stories. No, I, I get it. You're I get it. You know, I'm just asking. I think I'm asking you're questions. Noticing something that we've always been doing. This isn't new. You're noticing it. You're noticing it. But this isn't new. It's, we've always been doing this. Always doing this, this, this. I've been having these conversations with people and talking about these things in, in open circles because I've been a proud NABJ member for what for six years now. I've, been, I've never hesitated to talk about. It. I've written about it on sites. It talked about things, these same things years ago. I was writing about the lack of opportunities for blacks in this industry years ago. So you're, what you're just noticing has been going on this whole time. It's just you didn't know. I'm more asking if, 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 if there was a different approach so that you, you nope. make, like you just had to, your radio show go <clears throat> go off air and then went to a, a podcast format. I'm saying with that, that ownership of voice, have you seen it a change in approach? And with that change in approach, have you seen any sort of incremental changes for the good? It's good that we are, we realize 
the reason why we had to go to those independent places because we continue to be shut out of the other places. And it's not, it, you know, this is a hustle no matter what. It's a harder hustle for, for us on top of that. So in that regard, it's positive because we are we are probably more connected than we were before as far as I know more people. But the same thing is that that's just more people that I, that I feel compelled to make sure that they're okay and they check on me too. And that what it's that's what it's become more of. It's not just the professional support. Is that we've had to because this year has been so difficult. We've had to be more vocal in our support of each other so that we don't break down. And that's probably what you're seeing because what we've been empowering each other to do is speak to each other and speak our because we're not yes we're not doing it for white audiences. We're just doing it, and we don't. And I think we're just. The same things that we said to each other, we're just saying them on a This format wasn't available to us before. We, there was no podcasting 10 years ago, so we didn't know that was there. And it's something that just really took off nationwide. It's blowing up everywhere. So we're just, we're not part, we're not doing anything different. There's a, with it, like, what, I don't know how many different po- new podcasts launched every day. I mean, we're just part of the same thing that everybody's doing. There's more people on social media promoting themselves. There's more people on every platform trying to do their own individual things because we're living a gig economy. And I think that's just it's just America's noticing because we're part of the same surge that everybody else is doing. And now they're paying attention to black people in a different way. But it's not it hasn't changed anything overall because we're not you don't still we're still I mean, it's been too short a time not been in a, a hiring flux because again we're in a country that right now is in a recession and we're there's people getting fired in our industry so it's more of just how do you hang on we have to support each other to hang on but no we're not making more money we're not getting more positions we're not getting on bigger platforms um because of it nobody maybe somebody will down the road maybe somebody will reach out to give me a, or someone else a, a larger opportunity but for now the reason I have to go out and, and fight for my own is because there is no one. There's no place for me to go. There is no other station for me to go to. So I had to create a way out of no way. I'm, I'm not trying to be too quiet. I'm just taking all that in, you know. Like, where where was there for me to go afterwards? You see what I'm saying? Like, look, Eric and Corey, they're able to go places. And people don't know what I'm talking about. It's Eric Asher and Corey Johnson, who was also on the same station that I was on. Eric goes over to Nash 106 which is a country station primarily. That's not me. They're not going to take me on over there. Nah, they Nobody. probably wouldn't even take me on over there. But do you think maybe that, that somewhere there there's the white establishment keeping out because they're scared of a of too honest of a voice? And that's, I mean, look at the name of your show. It's hard in the paint. You don't expect softball questions or, you know, just inauthentic banter. Same as I hope people don't expect when they come to Protect the Nest podcast. But do you think there's, on some level, people are scared of having a truly honest and authentic voice get out there and tell a story that you know the the bosses might not even know much much the way i don't know some of the aspects of what's going on so yeah i think there absolutely are people who are afraid because you said it earlier people don't want to be uncomfortable and my show made people uncomfortable i got calls i got threats i got things you know and you, you, you were around you saw it and 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 i talked about it and, and things and i had to you know, deal with people on the show who said really offensive things to me um, I had a, a caller who called in one time and told me that they should stop giving us scholarships and give them to Chinese kids because they'd at least be able to do something with them. 
Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some of that, and that's some of the sadder things uh, and why I don't really try and get into the muck of social media as much as some people put stock into it. I just don't get much cloud or, or substance out of social media. It's where I go to just have fun, mess around, and, you know, have a little bit of banter like you and Chris Connor and other guys from, from over at y'all's site. Yeah, and that's the thing is I did, I've done, I did four shows in Lafayette in those past couple months. I did three for... RP3 one morning, and I just did um, a bumper to bumper uh, Friday. Lafayette is a much different community than New Orleans or Baton Rouge. I, you know, it's more conservative than both of them. Yeah. Right? Most definitely. Lafayette, I think, actually had more Republican votes than uh, Natchez Parish up where I'm at. Right. So, very, very different audience for me than I would ever have been in front of. First, I have to give Ray credit, Ray Parsh, RP3, for putting, giving me that chance. And saying, dude, you know, don't don't change. Because I asked them, I said, look, I don't want to mess. I never want to mess with somebody else's brand. Because that's they, they've built that, and that's their credibility. And I'm not there to mess up anybody's credibility. What I say is for is is should only reflect on me. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't want to go in there and mess anything up. But he's like, Dave, no, do what you do. You know, these are the things that you got to do for my show because they're programmed in. And these are the guests I already got lined up. You take care of those. These are regular segments. Everything else, just be yourself. And it was rough. There were a couple calls I got the first day. But the second day and then the third day, the calls that came in were different. Comments on Facebook were different. The, you know, think, just the reactions were different. And on that last day um, of the morning show, the station manager comes up to me and says, I listened every day. You were great. We're going to make you our number one choice, you know, number one to fill in to come in. I'm like, great, that's cool. And that's all it took. See what I'm saying? Is, yeah, they, they might have been uncomfortable. But when you hear somebody and they talk to you and they are rational, because I try to be rational, I don't ever try to just go purely off my emotions. So sometimes things are visceral. But over the course of the thing, there's, I think there's three things people learn about me. And I had one guest that got upset when I was in Lafayette because he didn't like my style. I ask questions and you know you've been on my show I'm a question asker and he didn't like me asking him questions he just wanted to talk and say what he thought and then get off it was my show so on my show you answer questions and he got mad and he hung up and I was like cool okay um but there but he was not willing to open himself up you know what I mean and that's I think what you're trying to get at is that man just if you are open on that part even if you don't know what the outcome will be for you if you're going to like it or dislike it, but you listen to that different voice, it may, and that's the thing about life in general, the more perspectives you get, and in a practical sense, the more people you meet, the better off you will be. They've, they've often said the greatest school is travel. Conversation is a way to travel, too, because you travel into the experiences of another individual. That's why we read memoirs. That's why we read biographies. Oh, yeah, you're and talking to an old librarian. You can grab a book and travel around the world and never leave your house. Like, I did a year in the library and still love it. Like, the most powerful thing you can give somebody is the ability to read in a library card. They can use that to go anywhere they want in this world. And, and I mean, and even in that, in a business sense, when you open your, you cast a wider net, you surprise yourself what you catch. If your focus is narrow and you only think these people can do these things, whether it's black folk, men, women, whomever, and you don't open yourself up to the possibilities that you can be impressed by someone you never thought about, 
or you can just respect and love and care about and have compassion for an individual who is actually at the end of it we all want the same things love security and the opportunity to be happy the same things that people want have always wanted that's all you want is to be loved as a human being to have the opportunity to be safe in the world and the opportunity to create whatever happiness you want without hurting other people those are the three things that all people want it doesn't change i've never met a person who didn't want those things the hierarchy of needs is consistent across countries cultures continents and that's all it takes is just to listen to somebody because there are things not a, maybe that i can learn from you, there's things you can learn from me. There's all kinds of things. And people are just afraid to have their worldview challenged. Because like you said, that they don't learning things isn't always positive. Learning things sometimes can make you hurt. Learning things sometimes can make you sad. Learning things sometimes can make you doubt. But that's the process of learning. That's the process of life. Yeah. Like some, Americans always talk about how people are snowflakes. America's a snowflake. Because America is afraid to be to hear its own truth. You know what I'm saying? To listen to itself and look in its own mirror. America is the house of Dorian Gray. You know, the portrait of Dorian Gray. Right. Well, they it's, what is it? Most Americans are like 40% of Americans never leave within 100 miles of their household. I mean, you've got people that are stuck in communities and have this hate in their heart. They've never met anybody. To me, it's hard to hate anyone once you've had a conversation with them. We can disagree about plenty. That hate will be gone because, I mean, if it remains there, that's something within yourself and not the other person. I, I don't know how to address that. But a lot of it, yeah, is the conversation. And I think what I was going to earlier that you were saying was off-brand or off-topic was, I mean, I've got a friend that she she doesn't know whether to call her coworker black or African-American. And I said that's because you haven't talked to your coworker. If y'all yes. was just kicking it and, ch- you know, having a conversation, you would know how, you know, y'all develop your comfort levels. And it's just why having would it come a, up in a, why would, See, this is the thing. It's why would you ever have to call your coworker one or the other? Right, but it's it just one of the things where people don't know how to even get engaged with the conversation, have that, so they get scared. And I don't think there's but, any... Look how easy it is. It's, right. This is how easy the question is to frame it. Can you tell me about your experience? It's, you don't have to use any word other than you as the person. Can you tell me about your experience? If you want to learn about it, if you want to understand me, can you tell me about your experience? If the person wants to share, they will. If they don't, they won't. But ain't nobody gonna get hurt. If I ask you that, and like again, approaching it from a true sense of I want to learn, you ask that one question. I don't know many people gonna turn you down. No, no, they shouldn't. If they do, they probably got something on their plate that's way bigger than what you want to, you know, yeah. something don't, big. Don't be mad at them if they say I'm not ready to tell you right now either. If they say I, I, I'm not, I want to talk about that. Then you just got to respect it, just like you would anybody else. It's not about you. And like you said earlier, that's the thing is people got to get out of that, making it about them. It's about the other person. Right. And just, again, starting the conversation, as, as uncomfortable as it may be, I mean, again, not to do a different analogy, but if you're just trying to go and have a conversation with a woman as a man, man, as a woman, you've at least got to, you're going to have butterflies in your stomach. There's going to be some certain, uh, some anxiety behind it. If that's the position you're in, some of us are more comfortable just going off the cuff and talking about it. But in between there, there's still a lot of conversations to be had. And I would just ask that people don't deny themselves the opportunity to have conversations where they could learn. Much like, I mean, we're 30 minutes in and I've learned things that I didn't even think would come up in this conversation. But we're just going off the cuff talking. It's way past Pelicans. And I really don't care because there's more important things than sports. Sports is just a way 
to bring people together. You could hate the other person on the other team, but if you meet them at a clinic and talk, you're probably cool even though you're going to play against each other. And it, that that lessens the, the struggle that we're facing in this country. But again, I'm just looking for an example or an analogy that would, that would show the, the seed of our solutions. We've already planted it. It's there. We've just got to water it. And, and that watering to me is the intelligence, the education, and the conversations that you've been talking about uh, this whole time. Yeah, but, but I want people to understand, I don't need no drips. I need a deluge. Like, that's the way that water's got to come down. It's got to, like, torrential rainstorm, monsoon season. That's the kind of watering that this needs because you talk about 400 years of not watering it, of inattention to that plant, and it has hurt this is the thing when you talk about a nation that's when people keep saying fighting for a spirit and make it, you want to strengthen the core of America, strengthen all of its people, empower all of its people to be great. If you want your country to be great, make everybody great. Give them at least the opportunity to be great. Nobody expects equal outcomes, and I'm gonna say that real slow. No one expects equal outcomes. What people want is equitable, which is a different word equitable opportunities where i am born should not determine my outcome in life my the color of my the color of my skin should not be a determining factor in the outcome of my life and far too often those things just aren't true they are they are and that's the part that people need to remember is that those things shouldn't happen in this country they shouldn't happen in a country where we say freedom and justice and equality are the most important things no person if an entire group of people are telling you this is how our experience is this is how our life is and we have the data the information to back it up if you don't believe us and you still ignore it what does that say about you what does that say about us that we would rather deny compassion and say even if I don't understand it, I hear that you're in pain and I want to do something about it. Because if even like a baby's cry, you don't know why a kid is crying when they cry, when they're an infant, because they can't speak. You have, to, you have to keep listening. And as a parent, as you get along with it, you start hearing the difference in the different cries. The pain is different because you're paying attention. You've listened to your child. You understand the cries of that pain for whatever it is. It's hunger, it's wetness, whatever. Black folks are the and I said this on a different thing, black folks, yeah, we're, the, we're the embodiment, we're the embodiment, we're, the Amer we're America's bastard child. We're the kid that they don't want to look at, we're the kid they don't want to pay child support for, they wanna, don't want to acknowledge, we're the bastard kid. We're the, that's who we are. We are the, the products of America's sin. The kid that you had because you stepped out. People that you called animals, I am your descendant. I you I did not look I don't look like this because of choice I look the way I look because of rape and my family's had to talk about that I've had to talk with my aunts and uncles and stuff about how our family came to be because we you know everybody else when you see those my heritage and those things and ancestry.com and you get to go back and if you get to learn stuff have a dead end at a certain point and then also within that there are people that I have to see that. When I go back into the family records, you understand what you are the product of. You're not the product of marriage or a family. You're the product of rape. And, and that's just a fact. And you have to look at that and know that it was okay. And that even today, people don't acknowledge that that happened. That our lineage is created out of that pain. And it's 
literally, and I keep, it is literally in, been passed down generationally in our DNA. Yeah, and it's, it would be tough for me for anybody to deny that. It, 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 that that to me would be beyond baffling, shocking, and just outright horrendous to to do. It would be to deny that history that we're we're rightfully we're ashamed of, and you can't find your family history because of, of that history. And again, that, that that that's sick to deny it. I think we have to at least accept a part of it, even if you know you hear folks say, "Well, I wasn't alive then." Well, too bad. But it's, we're, it's, we're still it's here the now. Ripples. Yeah, you throw yeah. a lake in a stone, the ripples keep going. You, it didn't. The impact didn't end when slavery ended. That's the whole thing. Is like you when you talk about people whose grand. Yes, my mother was my mother grew up in Birmingham, Alabama in the 1950s and 60s. What do you think she saw? What do you think my grandfather used to tell me about what it was like in Birmingham for him? In the 1940s and 50s. Oh, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But uh, did any not, not to say but, but did, right? Did anybody uh, or anybody in your family serve World War II? Did yeah, you, my grandfather uh, stormed Normandy. I have he has a brick outside the World War II museum in New Orleans, and I have a, a you know I keep a certificate from his service. I mean, my my dad, my dad sent me in my scrapbook. Well, that, that's something to be very proud of. Something to be something to cherish and something to give down to your kids so they understand the tradition. Uh, but I've read a lot of accounts from black soldiers that went over and finally understood they they were treated better in France in a country they weren't they were you know invading more they were more comfortable there than back home they were more accepted there than back home and I think when that that come back home on the shores when the war was over we got a little a little bit of progress through the civil rights movement and we've got to find some way to continue that so that so that you my friends feel comfortable in your own home which is your own country. And think about this. When my grandfather came back, there was no GI Bill for him. And they didn't give it to black people. None of that was awarded to black people. Roosevelt did not include black Americans in most of those programs. So when they built the communities in, in for soldiers who came back, who got that kickstart into the middle class, and what nuts. And when people talk about patriotism, again, yeah, tell them we fought in every war that this country has fought in, there have been black regiments and soldiers in every last one. We didn't have rights. We were still fighting. When we were slaves, we were still fighting. And when people say that folks died for us and we need to respect that, the Civil War, they didn't die for us. They died to preserve the Union. Some of those people did who believed in it. But even, you know, this country even said, again, people talk about history all the time. Go read your history. Lincoln would have been content. In, in preserving the Union and keeping slavery if they would have kept it together. He would have been fine. Just they didn't want to expand it. So it's not about that. Again, you, people want to argue feelings. Go look up the facts and get your feelings out of the way. Because it's not about your feelings. It's about making sure that the changes happen. That the outcome ultimately is that people aren't mistreated in your country. And so why would you be against that? If, if changing the, the, the laws ensured that people were not being mistreated, and you never had to hear about this again, like that would, it would really go away. If it really, really went away for you, even just to get rid of it, how much would it really change your life? Think about how... What would, what would be worse in your mind, in your life, if, if things were changed, that black people were treated just fine? And ask yourself this question, too. Would you trade places with me? Would you be black in America? No, I can answer that question that? honestly. I can answer that question honestly and say no, and I might get in trouble for that, but that's just the reality on the, fl- on the ground, and to, to deny that truth would be a disservice, in my opinion. 
it, it honestly, if I was a black person in America, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today. And again, to admit that, I think it, it is a step forward, not a step backward for people that want to think that. It's just the reality on the ground. There are people that graduated ahead of me that didn't get the opportunities that I got, for better or for I mean, worse. Even, even the difference of that, who cares? Even, like, you take the economic parts of it. Just to live. Like, just to have, to win, even when we do wrong. That, we don't, you never hear black people saying we don't want real justice. We do want justice. We just don't want extrajudicial killings. You don't want to die at the hands of the police. You know what I'm saying? It's that, that's, those are the things, too, that you want just basic human decency. And those things, I, I, I just don't get why there should be an argument against that. Like, how do you argue that you don't want the police? How, how do you argue against people saying, please don't kill us? How do you say, like, well, don't do this and you won't die? No, why don't you say, yeah, why are you, why are all these people dying at the hands of police? Why would that be okay in any country? Because in any other country, if we said the police were coming out and killing citizens who were unarmed, we say that country is a terrible country. When it happens in China, we say boycott China. When it happens in other parts of the world, we send troops over there to make sure people don't do stuff like that. But here it's okay. How does that maintain law and order? How does that, and these communities that are always so worried about law and order, there's nobody dying in their community. They're not worried about it because it's not in their house. The, the black kids that are dying, when people say, what about Chicago? What about this? You're not worried about that because where are you on it? Because ultimately, again, if you don't see me as different, then why aren't you marching about it too? Why don't those deaths make you cry too? Why don't you put up a hashtag about those dead kids if they, if you think that they matter more to you than me, if you think that that we don't care about every person that gets killed, we do care about every one of those. But we don't want people to do is die at the hands of the government because I cannot quantify for what other people are and their morality. Other people are going to do bad things in life. That's what criminals are. The government isn't supposed to be part of the criminals. When it, when it reaches that point, you, you've reached tyranny, and that's what this country was supposedly founded against, was tyranny. And people need to know their history. You, you just said it earlier. People need to know their history. I didn't know some of that about the GI Bills, but the first thing that come to my mind is anybody that says, oh, that was in the 1800s. No, we just got proof right there. You told us about it. It was happening in the 60s. We're 40 years away. Well, 60 years away now. But that's still a, a leg up for everybody that actually got those benefits and it was it's BS that it was denied. It's time that that a, a, a large segment of this country stop get denying their rights. We need to give the rights, the freedom, the peace of mind. To really, to me, it's the peace of mind that would actually do the 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 just just to relieve the stress. I think that's all we really want is to not have that be like we all have worries in life. Anybody has for a worry free life, but just your existence. Waking up in the morning and looking yourself in the mirror and knowing. The reflection you see in the mirror, you have to be careful every day, every day, because it's happened to me. I have been in a car and had an officer pull a gun on me in front of my child when I reached to the glove compartment while they were standing there and asking me for my license and registration. And the officer pulled the gun when I reached the glove compartment. My daughter sitting right there in the back seat. You ask if it would be changed, you know, uh, living like if Brianna. To me, I I believe this. If Brianna Taylor was a white woman, she'd still be alive today. I think the the the, the cops there, the white cops, would have paused, and that alone, to me, 
shows that something's wrong in the way that we police people, the way we look at people, and just how that this country's got that sickness in it. It's To me, that racism is a sickness, and we've got to find a way to get rid of it. And the, the, the only way you can do it is hold people, it's just like any other action that you want to change. You hold people accountable for it. And as long as you let people think it's okay, as long as you deny it and pretend it's not there, it's just anything else in your life. Anything else in your life. It, you can pretend if you have a cancer, and that's essentially what this is, like you said, a disease. You can pretend you don't have cancer, but eventually that cancer is going to eat you up and destroy you. And that is what is going to happen to America. There's a reason that W.E.B. Du Bois said that the greatest question of the 20th century is the question of race. And we didn't answer it in the 20th century, and we're still dealing with it in the 21st. How much longer is an evolving society, a society that's supposed to be the most intelligent, most capable, most advanced in the world of all times in the history of humanity? How can we not get over this? How can we not? How can you not at some point say that your intellect and your humanity are compelling you it has to compel you to do the right thing. Yeah, there's so many people want to say we're the greatest country in the world, but I would say we're the, the uh, uh, are civilized. I would say we're the most conquering. We want to conquer the other countries and say we're the best, but we're not civilized because we can't be civil with each other. We, for the, we're insecure. For the, yeah, America's insecure. Have you ever seen another country in the world that has to wrap itself up in itself so often, to reassure itself so often, to constantly say, I've visited other parts of the world that I've never seen. When I'm in Mexico, I've been to Mexico. I don't see a Mexican flag flying off every yard. I don't see businesses having to put a big, giant Mexican flag out. You know, I've, you know, I've been in the islands. I've been to um, Canada. I've been, you know, South America. I've never seen it. Why is that insecurity? It's the thing we talk about in life where you overcompensate for something. Why are you overcompensating? What are you, what are you missing out on? What are you trying to hide from? You're hiding from the understanding that it's not so pristine, that it's not the, this Norman Rockwell painting that you pretend was ever the reality. And it was never that. It was never that for a huge group of people, for on white folk too. But in particular, the law didn't hurt. The, the law wasn't out to hurt them for being white. But there's a lot of people in this country that's never been okay for, that they have survived they survive and you find a way no matter how bad things are no matter who you are in this country people find ways to survive and find pieces of joy to keep going because otherwise we'd all be putting bullets in our heads but that's the that's the whole point is that people just have to understand that this stuff is so pervasive it's like it's in it's in your it's in the air it's in the water it is us it is us this is america that that is just that's what it is and until you face the reality of what you are, no matter what your problem is, alcoholism, racism, whatever, the first step is admitting you have a problem. If America, every segment you ask of people in this country, is racism a problem? They say yes, except for white Americans. Why are they the only groups that don't see it? Because it doesn't impact them. So you have to get out of yourself. It, it, it- I would say a large majority of white America could admit that there's also too many that would deny it, but the ones that deny it are also the ones that are keeping racism literally on the shelves of American businesses. Like you were saying, it's in the water, it's in the air, it's in, it's in the alcohol. Dixie Beer is changing their name. Other, other products are changing their name. But even beyond that, you know that there's so many rebel... You know how many people stay alive just because they sell $40,000 worth of rebel flags that were probably printed in China 
they disregard that and they keep selling that hate and that's literally what keeps them alive and that that to me is one of the 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 darker places of this free market that we call america is we we actually have a spot where we actually we allow that hate to live we 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 act the freedom to hate is not something exists without you saying it people you don't have to endorse the freedom to hate and yet in america we make a point of reminding everyone all the time that the worst and least tolerable people i'm not talking about criminals i'm talking about people who live among us who feel these things about other human beings that they have that it's okay and that they can hold office and they can do all these things how can you have a society where people who don't care for an entire segment of the population how can they be empowered how can you say that it's that elections are okay if those people who espouse those things you allow that in your country germany would never allow anymore you couldn't stand up there and be a national socialist in germany and act like you would get away with it. they ban those things in public you can have them in your house you can still keep nazi paraphernalia in your house in germany but you can't show it in public because you can't encourage they don't encourage the hate they know where if you start allowing it in public it grows when you normalize it and you say it's okay because it's just part of the public discourse it grows when you think that it's a valid point of view when you allow that people can have whatever point of view they have in public no agree to disagree does not apply in these circumstances agree to disagree is about things like how do you fund something or agree to disagree is about how do you you know how how much you pay for a building or contract it is not on people's rights to exist right you make a good point I, i've been to germany uh i was over there in 98 playing soccer and i seen that i mean i seen a bunch of flags but i was there during the world cup and it was more of a celebration of the whole european and soccer diaspora it was the, the soccer world coming together and I, I mean just i didn't want to come back to america I, I, I said it then i wrote letters i told my folks i didn't want to come back i wanted to try and find some way to stay in europe and, and play ball obviously it wasn't for racism purposes but i was at an age then coming from a place in america that i seen the differences and and it, it's encouraging to know that it can be done so i think that's why we keep striving for it it, it has to be something we strive for because I mean, what? Uh, that's humanity. We're gonna, we're gonna look for that better day. And I mean, I've had you here for an hour. I, I would talk another four or five hours and longer, a full day, so we could find a better day. But I think we've made some progress here, and I, I really appreciate you coming on. Let's hey, you know that anytime, because I, I know that you always come from a place of both empathy and, um, like I said, honesty. That's all you can ask of somebody. That's all you can ask is empathy and honesty. Because even if I, if you, if your empathy does not, ex if you, if you don't have empathy, and I know we, we're not going to get along in anything in life. If you can't empathize with me, if you can't understand my circumstance, or at least it, know that in not understanding it, that it's it's valid, right. then we can't. Oh. Yeah, that we just deny each other's humanity, and that's and you, you and I can discuss anything because there's a basic understanding of respect as an individual and humanity and the other person so I, I mean you ask me anything i'll never be bothered by it and if you want to talk about pills we can still do that too because i'm chill <laughs> yeah man, i've actually got a couple like two more phone calls to make one I've, is actually on work i'm hoping to have a, a forbes article up on uh some new orleans sports i don't even want to give what team and nothing away right now right 
it, it is that sort of thing. But no, I actually wanted to jump back to your that Germany thing again. You can be a Nazi in Germany, you can't show it in public, but there's very little, there's there's less Nazis in Germany than there are in America for a reason, and in my opinion, it's because over there they understand that that is a mark of shame. In America, some people still wear that civil rights bullshit around their neck like it should be a badge of honor, and it's not. That's Exactly. They, they, they removed it from the allowance that it's valid it is in no way treated as valid you can't take people's brains away you aren't taking their thoughts away but you're saying once you walk out your door this society understands that your point of view is wrong beyond wrong it's shameful it's repulsive it's repugnant it is the most uh sickening part of humanity no matter what religion and part of sin you want to believe and i will stand on that if if you if you're right, and that's what we have to be. If we're gonna keep saying we're a moral leader in the world, we're gonna, then you gotta start acting like it. You gotta start acting like it, and we can. We are better than that because human beings have shown that they can be better. But ultimately, your initial thought is the most true: is that the folks, if you are not willing to be uncomfortable, we cannot change. All change is uncomfortable. All change is painful. All change is traumatic. But it has to happen to grow. Man, it has to happen to grow. Uh, br- bringing you back on the show has to happen. We'll talk Pels then. And you want to tell the people where they can find you if they want to continue the conversation, come with some, some respectful questions and understanding, something like that. And then, yeah, we'll let you get on and we'll enjoy our Saturday. All right, brother. Um, y'all can follow me on social media at DM Grub, uh, either Twitter or Instagram. You can check out the show, um, HITP with DG.com. And you can listen to the podcast on any platform right now, you know, whether it's uh, iHeart, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get them, Google, Podbean, whatever, we're there. And um, we do five a week, so check them out. And um, Chris, man, dude, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And, you know, anytime you want to talk about anything, man, I'm there for you. And I appreciate it. Uh, protecting us fans if y'all can find us anywhere you can hear his podcast you can hear this one give us a five star review so we can keep bringing you these conversations and showing you that there's there's a worthwhile endeavor going on here we're not going to stick to spurts because people in society is a little bit too important and that's what protecting us has been about david grubb again thanks for coming on we'll see you next time And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest. Pelicans updates right down to the sec. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest. Nola LBJ and Dotson time to get them in check. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest. Pelicans updates right down to the sec. And we protecting the nest, we protecting the nest. Nola LBJ and Dotson time to get them in check. Let's go.